Hey, welcome to episode five of Making Friends. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode features at Trojan Sauce, who is known as Tom Aldsworth. Uh, he said that his name is not as disgusting as it sounds. It actually has to do with a Trojan horse. I don't know if I believe it. I don't know if I believe anything this guy says. But here we are. He has strong-armed me into having himself on the podcast, as he so often does. He seems to insert himself in wherever he feels comfortable or uncomfortable, just as long as his presence is felt. No, Tom is a, he's a great guy. And uh, we actually talk about his, the character that he has created on Twitter, who is sort of a divisive figure, but I think he's kind of one of those, he's like the villain of Twitter. He's like the person that we love to hate, such as a shredder from your Ninja Turtles fantasies, or perhaps a Norman Bates, or a, an elevator full of blood. Such is Tom Aldsworth. And so much more. Today's podcast is brought to you by your roommate's cookies, which she made about two days ago, and they smell delicious, and now she's not here, and they are in a little plastic bag by the microwave, and they, God, they look so good. Oh, they look good. Oh, I want to, I want to eat those cookies. But I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Can I? No, no, I don't want to break the trust. I can't do it. <sighs> Tom would eat the cookies. All right, here's today's show. I hope you enjoy it. If your name is Mike Bigby, you, you might not enjoy it. You might take some umbrage at what is said against you. So listen up, enjoy. Here's Tom Aldsworth. Damn it, I just look. It's not Aldsworth. It's Aldworth. There's no S. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. This is so uncomfortable for you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. It'll be good. But uh, so. what are, you're on like a three day weekend, right? Are you, what are you yeah, doing? we've got tomorrow off. Um, uh, it's just a What's... end of May, bank, uh, end of April bank holiday. We get one every year. Oh, yeah. Well, um, what's the occasion for the bank holiday? I'm not really sure. It's like the first, basically, the like the last weekend in April, first week in March, uh, in May, sorry, you get like May Day off essentially so we get basically the 1st of May okay. off I don't really know yeah. why and I don't know what you're the not asking is. any questions I'm not complaining <laughs> I don't want to bring it up just in case they stop it that's cool what are you yeah. doing with your time uh, yesterday I went to a barbecue and then I went out with some friends into into the city um, and got very drunk well, not that drunk, actually, to be fair, but a bit drunk. Yeah. And then today I have uh, cycled to my old house and walked some dogs, so that's all been good. So You, you cycled through what? I cycled to my old house to uh, pick up my dogs and take them for a walk. So. Oh, okay. Well, it sounds like most of your activities were food and beverage related. 
Oh yeah. And um, yeah, I definitely. think didn't you warn me when I, when we tried to schedule this? And I was like, "What time do you want to do?" And you were like, "Let's do it late, so I can be hungover." <laughs> yeah. Yes, that was the plan. I, I've, not, I've actually been alright today. I'm nowhere near as hungover as I expected okay, to be, so it's good. all good. All I, good. Um, I ruined myself on Friday. Like I did. Yeah. I don't do well with afternoon drinking, like day drinking. Yeah. And uh, I decided to do it anyway, because you know why not? <laughs> of course, why not? And yeah. I had like on one sip of beer at four thirty, and then immediately my mood went boom, just shifted <laughs> downward, and it Amazing. ruined the whole night for me. Then yesterday I went to a party, and everybody was like drinking, and I just I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I, I got a I got like a like a huge bottle of mineral water. And yeah. that's all I was doing, like the real party animal I am. Very hardcore, yeah, yeah. mineral water. I mean, at least it had minerals in it, that's the key. Yeah, that's why I got it, because yeah. of the minerals. Who knows what exactly. the minerals actually are? I mean, who even, I don't know, are, are they good minerals, bad minerals? They could be toxic minerals Are we just to believe science? I, yes, I don't trust a single scientist I've ever met. That's just <laughs> the way I live my life. Don't trust your minerals. No. Um, so, um, I don't know that much about you, Tom. Like, no. we're, we're not great friends on Twitter. We don't, no, we've, uh, we've in shared rooms, I guess, but we've, uh, we've never really Yeah, like we've, we've spoken much, a little aside bit. Aside from the podcast, I guess, really. Since you started this, I think I've messaged you a bit to compliment you. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I don't, I mean, I think we've run in the same circles for a very long time, but that's as much as it's gone I think yeah we've so. kind of like looked over each other's shoulders and be like oh yeah. there he is that, <laughs> hey there yeah. enemy yeah <laughs> it's, it's but like a, uh, I, I tried to prep just a little bit I didn't want to prep too much because who cares yeah. about you right um, exactly. but this I didn't want to prep too much but then I looked at your um, your top tweets you, mm -hmm. you're pretty funny man uh, thanks you got some pretty funny stuff there how did yeah. uh, how did that happen the funny tweets. I'm not sure, man. I don't know. I um, it's you know. I'm just gonna. I'll thank God. Um, I'm I'm blessed by the Lord every day with <laughs> excellent content. Are your tweets? So, uh, um, your tweets are the object of divine intervention. Is that what you're telling me? Oh, I mean, if you aren't reading my face, though, I'm thinking. God wrote this. Right. Then, then I don't know what you're doing with yourself. All right. You clearly don't know Jesus if you don't think he wrote those. God wrote, uh, take that, you fucking lake. Those, those are the <laughs> words of God. That feels like the words of God. Like, I'm pretty sure that's what he said when he sent down the first plagues. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> throwing frogs <laughs> at the Egyptians. So, take that, you fucking Egypt. <laughs> Put my face on that cat. That would be, I think, um, oh, maybe maybe God was taking like a satirical approach because he was like, oh, Egypt? No, we're not going to do that. I'm the one yeah, true exactly. God. And so he wanted He's to. like, you're meant to be making stuff in my image and yet you're making this giant cat man. Right. What are you, what's, what are you playing at? <laughs> so he's doing like a satirical jab. No, but you have really funny stuff. Um, I think the first one of you that I ever knew, and this was before I knew who you were, was mm -hmm. at Lake One, where you're skipping stones on a lake, and your date says it's such a beautiful evening, and then you whisper, take that, you fucking lake. And yeah. I remember reading that. It says it's 523 days old, so it was yeah, like nearly... it's been a while. Yeah, nearly two years ago. Mm. And I remember reading that and laughing, 
Um, and then just sort of like putting it aside and being like, yeah. okay, uh, let me As see what do, else is on lots Twitter. Of jokes you see, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. It, it feels really weird that it's been such a long time because I've been doing it for like I don't know, just a little bit more than two years now, and it doesn't feel like um, those jokes I wrote were so long ago. But at the same time. Like I don't know, it's one of those things where it feels like it was yesterday and it feels like it was a lifetime ago at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's it's odd. It's an odd feeling to um have something do well, I think. It's, it's was, still bizarre. Was that one of your first ones that actually did well? Uh I think I'd I'd done alright by then. I had the my top one is the bagel one, the phone sex with the bagel. Um, okay, I can't see and, that one. I kind of vaguely uh, remember it. Yeah, it's um it's um it's phone sex and then she's like um, it's oh. her um, what would you do with me and then I'm loudly chewing a bagel and I say I don't know probably sex <laughs> and that's it and that one blew up and that was that did well and I've had a couple of others that have kind of like dropped off now but they were like successful for the time right and as yeah. it's gone on it's... like though what was successful to me then is no longer successful to me now so well with, um, with some of them it's it's a strange phenomenon like I don't really know how it works because you'll have one you'll put one out and then like uh in a day, you might get a, a thousand likes or retweets or whatever, yeah, and you're like, "Well, this this is blowing up," and then mm. just you know, two or three days later, nobody's touching it anymore. Yeah. So it's like, I wonder it's, what happens. Like, did everybody see it? Who's going to find it funny? Did that yeah, already happen? Everyone's happened? just agreed. Like, this has had its time. We're done now. Yeah. The internet like comes together as a collective, <laughs> with the elders, and they're just like, no more. But, I can imagine like Jack, what's his face, the Twitter guy. Sitting in the room and he's just like, no, no, disabled <laughs> the retweet button. That's what happened. Okay. So, no Jack disables so. the tweet. He gets super jealous. So. He does. Yeah. He's like, I wish I'd written that. <laughs> and then that's why the ones that um, he didn't wish he'd written are the ones that go, continue and continue. So I think that's why you get so many viral terrible tweets. Like Todd, anything Todd's ever written, the stone well. Hold on, we're getting a little bit grainy here in the video. Because nobody wants to have written a Todd joke. Oh man, we're locking up on the video here. Yeah, you froze for a second there. Come on, you, come back oh, to me, Tom. Come back. Don't go, Tom. I'm here. Come back. Ugh. Hey, there you are. Hi. Yeah, it froze again, and then your, the screen went black. So I did. Okay. Oh, that was going on. Uh, we might just yeah. have to deal with it. So we'll just roll with it. It's okay. <laughs> if we keep doing the counts, we'll be all right, won't we? Uh, Tom, you are you a professional writer? Because you, you gave me a link to a, a novel that you had written. Yeah, I, I'm not a professional writer, no. Um, I've written some stuff that I've put online, and then I wrote a book last year um, that is on Amazon, um, self-published thing. Um, it's called, uh, it's called The Murder of Jed Lombardo. And uh, you can find it on Amazon. I saw it there. It's available on Kindle for like $1.80 or something like that. And yeah. you can get a paperback also. Um, yeah. But the first thing I noticed was there's like some frog imagery on the cover. Yeah. Uh, so, I, so, okay. So the, the background of like wanting to do it was um, I started doing like longer form writing after joining Twitter and just like short stories and essay pieces kind of. Yeah. And they're the things I put on the uh, on the website. Kind of bundle everything into. Um, and I decided I would try and write something longer. Um, Purely because I'd bought my dad a book for Christmas um, as a gift, and he said to me, have you read this? And I said no, and he went, I have, and then gave it back to me. And I was like, all right, funny man, um, I'm going to 
in, like, I decided I'd make sure he couldn't have possibly read the next book I was going to get him for his birthday. So I thought if I write it, he definitely can't have read it. So, um, <laughs> wow, so that's a, the book you dedicated to, to making a great gift for your father. Yeah, I wanted to shove it back in his face. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so yeah, I, I wrote it um, just as a gift to him, and I got into it, and I enjoyed the story. Um, I don't think it's like the best piece of literature. It, but I couldn't world, quite you know? tell what it was. I didn't read it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but I got as far as you could get. You know how you can like click on the image on Amazon, and it's like you can read yeah. a couple of pages of it. Uh, yeah. And it looked really interesting, but kind of like absurd. And it looked like it was full of humor. I wasn't sure if it was yeah. going to be like a, a straight drama from you or like, it is, but it, um, it looks kind of like it's a, like a, um, a film noir allegory type thing, but it's not in a of. book. It's like a yeah, detective so story. Of, yeah. It's, so what it is, is there's uh, this disgraced lawyer called Lawyer Malloy. Lawyer um, Malloy. Who, yeah, who I thought I made up that name, but it turns out there's like some... Uh, American football player Names from the eighties called Lawyer Malloy, <laughs> and Malloy, it was yeah. just sat in the back of my mind somewhere and <laughs> just came out. Um, but I, I want to clarify for anybody who's listening: Lawyer is the man's first name. It is, but his first also. Name. His, his profession. profession, yes. I know. Look at it. it works on two levels, Mark. <laughs> it's, this, is, this is why I should be a professional at <laughs> It works. It's, you'll find that throughout the book. There's chefs called Chef and so on. That's not true. That was a joke. Um, but basically, he's like a disgraced um, attorney, and then he gets hired to um, defend someone who's been accused of murder. And... The Jed Lombardo is this celebrity who's been murdered, and the woman who murdered him is um, she runs a brothel and she's like a madam in a brothel. Okay. Um, but she's also a frog because some people are animals in the book. Like, I've, I think I just watched Bojack Horseman, so you know how <laughs> like um, half of the characters are human and half of them are just like he's a horse, and you just accept it. Yeah, um, you just accept it. It's not really explained. Yeah, exactly. I, I suppose so you don't explain the, why your madam is no, a frog. It's, exactly. That's just the way it is. And a lot of the book, I try to um, have like... I, I say try to because I don't know how successful the subtext of it is, but I tried to put in some stuff around um, uh, anthropomorphic rights and he's like an animal rights activist and stuff like that. Oh, so, okay. um, is, is he also an ex-boy band member? Uh, the guy who gets killed, Jed Lombardo, yeah, he was ah, okay. in uh, a boy band. Um, I think, I'm trying to remember it now, but I'm pretty sure they were called Pow Pow Pow. Um, so they were successful and then he became a TV show host and then an animal rights activist and then he got murdered. And well, don't give it the away. Story is oh no, that's the I mean that's on the cover. Like, <laughs> we know he got murdered, and then it's like what who who did it and why did it happen? I guess. Okay. So, uh, and one um, thing that I noticed was that you set up a you kind of create a, an entire world, and in the in the first pages of your book you have a map that illustrates the mm -hmm. world. Um, or a big city, it's called New Shanghai, correct? Yes, yeah. And it's so, kind of like an amalgamation of every major city in the world. Yeah, um, so it's, um, it's the, the map is um, New York, but flipped. So it's the five boroughs, and um, each of them is, so there's one that's named, so I named one of the, uh, each borough after a neighbourhood in a different city. So there's one from New York, I think Meadowmere. Um, you've got Whitechapel is from London. Um, there's Kreuzberg, which is in Berlin. Um, I can't remember what I called the Russian one. I think it's Petrograd. 
can't remember. But anyway, there's like a Russian one and there's uh, something that I can't remember the other one. But anyway, there's a few. Um, there's five different like famous neighbourhoods, I guess, that I named them after. Um, but then, like, in the book, I was like, of course I'm going to have the Golden Gate Bridge in there. Like, why wouldn't I? And the Eiffel Tower's there and Times Square's there. So I just kind of bundled everything, um, all these landmarks, into this yeah. made-up And did you city. did you find so, that creating that uh, separate world that's, like, sort of based in reality but also your own thing, did that free you up with, uh, with your narrative at all? I think so. Um, I think, like, I wanted the... Um, I wasn't sure how well... I've never written dialogue before. Okay, you so haven't. You're so good at it, it on fun, tweets. But I didn't. <laughs> uh, oh, have I lost you again? Okay, I'm uh, still here. Back? Do you hear there me? Yeah, I, got I, you. There, I still cool. see you. Yeah, I got you. Okay, yeah, cool. Um, so I've I've only written dialogue in like tweets, and it's like two lines, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I've never written like longer form conversations or know really how to manage that. So um, I wasn't sure how to get the humour across in um, conversation. So what I decided to do instead was try and make the world itself as ridiculous as possible um, and kind of give people names that were kind of puns or jokes in themselves and um, just try and build on that so that the humour was kind of in the description. And I think maybe the book is a bit um, description heavy, I would say. Um, but it's, I think that's my own uh, lack of confidence with writing... Uh, dialogue, I guess. But, okay. You know, it sounds um, a little bit like you're seeing this as your first foray into writing multiple novels, and you're taking what you've learned <sighs> from this one. I, I, so as soon as I finished this one, I wrote a chapter for a new one, which is set in the same like, universe, if you like. Oh, okay. So, so I wrote the chapter for it, and then I got distracted, and I didn't do that for a <laughs> while. And then at this, and that was like August last year. Um, and then um, I picked it up again at the start of this year and I wrote two or three more chapters and I was really motivated. And then I kind of lost my way with it a little bit. So I've got like four or five chapters maybe written and I feel like it's already better, like structurally. Yeah, better. And, um, so it's coming out better. Maybe you're, I I you're know what I'm doing finding more of your vision. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, oh, you, can you hear me still? I can hear you, yeah. I can okay, hear cool. You. Your video you... went for a second. Yeah, um... Yeah, so I feel like um, I would like to write more, but it's quite a time sap, I think. is um, It does take a little, like, you have to be committed to it, I guess. How do you and feel when you do it? Do you feel like it's a burden when you're writing? Sorry? Do you feel like it's hard and you're slogging through? When you're actually writing, do you feel like, oh, no, uh, I... like, you're, um, like you're doing something sort of that, not, I don't know, maybe something that you're meant to do? Do you feel like yeah. you're doing something that makes sense in your brain and in your body? Or do you feel like um, just another thing? With So with the things, like, I don't know. So with the book, I found it more difficult to be motivated by because it's like you've got to stick to this one story for a long time. Whereas I write these, like, I don't know, shorter, descriptive... I'll, I'll say, like, I call them short stories, but they're kind of first-person narrative um, and it's just a description of feeling and stuff a lot of the time. So yeah. they're quite, I don't know, I think it's the emo teenager <laughs> in me that comes yeah. out through there. Um, but um, those, when I write them, I always have kind of a metaphor in mind that means something to me at that moment. And I try and describe my way through um, 
some emotional state, I guess. And when I'm writing those, it's a much shorter process. I'll spend like a couple of hours and I'll write it and I don't tend to go back and edit. So it's just, I write it and it's done. No, it's like a real stream of consciousness like, thing. You get it yeah, out exactly. so, and you leave exactly. it. And, yeah, and it's like that always feels really good and like it's a nice release yeah do you come guess, back to, to it as a reader even if you don't edit it do you come back to it sort of like to peer into your own mind in that moment occasionally i'll go back and read there's some of them that i've written um and never read again um but typically i mean i've read most of them back and i'll read every now and then and it'll make me want to write some more i guess um right so yeah so those i feel like there's that kind of the drive to do it um because it makes me feel good whereas I think with the longer storytelling with the book, it was like I I was doing it for a particular reason, which was to give a gift to my dad for his birthday. And yeah. um, and did he like it? By the way, you never told he me. He did like it. Yeah, he did. I mean, it's hard to know. Like if he if he didn't, he's yeah. I hope he wouldn't say anyway. It's like, hey, this gift that you spent eight months working on, um, <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> so if he didn't like it, then I'm sure he kept it to himself. But he said he liked it, and like other people have read it and have said varying different levels of feedback. I've had some really good feedback from some people, kind of detailed and constructive. Yeah, I think I saw three comments on your Amazon page, and they were all positive. <laughs> they were. Um, they're, you know, family members, friends, and stuff. So it's I don't know how many um, uh, <laughs> what my readership's like outside of people I know. Um, I'd imagine it's poor, but it's you know it's. Um, it's it's one of those things where it feels really good to been, to be able to say I've written a book. Um, it's like I never thought I would do that, and I always kind of wanted to because I thought it'd be a cool thing to do. But I never thought I would do that and be right. committed if, if enough there, to actually do it. If there are some awkward pauses, I apologize. I keep you keep kind of like freezing and going away, yeah. but I can hear you like the audio eventually comes through to my ears. It just might not <laughs> right. be right on time. But, okay, that's fine. but I think it's great that you've written a novel and um, maybe this first one I don't I'll, I'll probably I don't know I probably won't read it <laughs> I don't blame you but it could be the thing that okay you've written it you've reached that landmark right you've you've yeah. gotten this one under your belt and then yeah, from exactly. here on you can sort of explore that a little bit deeper without having the anxiety of my first novel what's going to happen yeah exactly and it's I don't know there's something quite scary about um creating something and letting other people see it um absolutely especially when you're used to uh... yeah um and i feel like it's uh it's a similar feeling with like writing jokes i guess because you write something you're pleased with it and no one likes it and it's a bit of a a bit like "Hmm, okay but it's also it's a bit unnerving characters but yeah but you also get the instant feedback from twitter or even if you like say jokes on a stage you get pretty instant feedback whereas with a novel like you're saying that's an eight month process the whole time i don't know if you're sending it out to friends and being like what do you think of this chapter or what i um i had a couple of people edit um for me and they were great and gave me good feedback throughout and you know um really helpful with the story and yeah talking to people and kind of but even um, so, it's still, you can write a tweet in 30 seconds and send it out and immediately you get something back. Whereas with yeah, this, you, you just have to trust yourself and hope that you can pull it off. Yeah, and I think, like, like I'm not going to pretend that if I write a tweet and I think it's good and it does badly that it doesn't bother me, because it does. But it bothers me a lot less than that if I had spent a long time doing something that people didn't like. For sure. Um, 
but you know it's I think that's part of it and at the end of the day I wrote it as a gift to my dad um, if other people hadn't liked it um, then that's fine because the gesture I think was the important thing about it anyway um, and also it's just this good thing to say you've done isn't it it's a, yeah but what it's about your, your future novel like the ones that you're working on right now if you wrote mm. the first one with an audience in mind with your dad in mind are these other are your new projects that you're kind of oh, uh, shaping I right now you do you have an audience in mind for them as um, well you went fuzzy you st- what there we go I can hear you again now there you go okay. you went all like robotic voice oh, I'm sorry um, Do you have an audience okay. in mind for your projects that you're working on now? Um, I think I, I, I think it's the same, really, because I think like with like my dad and I have very similar taste in literature, and um, I, like he's a huge fan of Terry Pratchett, and um, my favourite author is Jasper Ford, and he's kind of like a similar sort of style writer to um, Terry Pratchett, and there's a lot in what I've written that kind of borrows and leans on um, those kinds of authors not obviously not suggesting but I did it in anywhere near as well as they did but um, there's kind of things that they do in their books that I try to mimic and um, and that was enjoyable for me and that was part of the process of writing it was writing something that I thought I would like to read as well so um, I guess the audience would be me I suppose like I don't know. I guess if you're not going to enjoy what you're doing, then why would you do it? Yeah. You know? Yeah, why are you doing it? I feel that? like there's like, like why, why, musicians. Could you and... need money or like what do you need to sustain yourself <laughs> exactly. with food? I'm not What's making money off this, you know. <laughs> it sells for like 99 pence on Amazon. It's not, mm-hmm. not going to be my, uh, my, my, my millions for it. But what, um, what do you do when you're not writing? Do you have a, a straight job? Yeah, I... Um, I, this is probably not going to sound exciting, but I'm an analyst for adult social care, and so I work for the local government. And uh, my job is basically take um, loads of information and data and stuff and make it as coherent and uh, concise as possible so that important people can make decisions about what they're going to do as a result. Um, so I, know I do a lot of work um, on... Uh, people with learning disabilities and physical disabilities so um, I don't know how it works in America but our social care system here is free to people through taxes so we have a certain amount of money and we try and do good with it and part of my job is to um, identify where they should invest I guess Is that why you're so mean on the internet? Because in your daily life, you're a saint and you actually help people. So on the internet, you I'm, take out all your frustrations on your colleagues. I, I'm definitely not... I wouldn't call myself a saint because of my job. It's, um, I get to... I'm, I'm, I'm not out... I'm not a social worker. I'm not going out and working with people who need help. But the job itself, like the, the arena, is a really good area to work in. No, you're saving so. people. And stuff. Okay. Directly. Yeah, it was me. I did it. You're directly lifting people out of the muck and helping their lives, helping them to transcend into quality life. Don't. Not only does he write the tweets, but he comes back and saves people too. Mm -hmm. Tom, are are you married? I'm not. I was, and I'm not anymore. Oh yeah. Um, Do you have a family? Yeah. Uh, I have parents and brothers. Okay, but you don't have your own children. No, 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 no. No. 
Okay, so what are you? You're single. You're you're swinging around the dating scene now. I'm definitely not swinging around the dating scene. No. It's um, I, you know, I um. I've, I've we we separated less than a year ago, so it's all new. I'm uh, temporarily staying with my family, so I'm waiting to move out again once we sell our house, and then you know life begins again, I guess. So. Okay. All right. Sounds yeah. like you're going through a bit of a transition in your life. Um, yeah. And maybe I guess. Uh, is this sort of where the novel comes out of? Sort of like a, a newfound desire to take control of your life and say, okay, I have this thing that I've always wanted to do. I'm gonna try it well i i wrote the book before um then but i think it was part of that i think a lot of um joining twitter and writing jokes in the first place was about taking control um and doing something for myself because um i um got diagnosed with depression and anxiety disorder um a couple of years ago and i decided i need to do something proactive and to try and do something different and that was what led me to like trying to write jokes and being on Twitter and reaching out to people I guess and it's kind of led me down different avenues and has kind of inspired me to try different things and do different things so yeah alright I yeah, think that's but important I think a lot of it is I, um... about taking control and being the decision maker in my own life I suppose yeah, um, I know me personally, I go through a life crisis that's like every six months or so. Uh, I, I face it pretty hard. I go through a lot of anxiety myself. And uh, I often find myself uh, in situations where I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Why haven't I done the things that I, I know in my heart that I want to do? Um, yeah. I, I guess I kind of think that my personality is just so that that's going to continue my entire life no matter how much control I take, but I'll just have to deal with it. And hopefully I'll keep coming up with new things to accomplish and I'll actually do them. I think that, um, I think once you like get to the point where you accept that that's a part of you and it's not you on like, you aren't like, I I know I'm not defined by the fact that I get depressed, Mm, you know, but it is something that does happen. Um, and it's, you know, find coping mechanisms and whatever. But once you kind of accept that that's going to happen sometimes, it doesn't become such a, a, a crutch, I guess. Um, because it, I don't know, once you know it's going to pass and it's going to come back, it's, it makes it easier to do it. I mean, for me anyway. I can't believe the internet bad boy Trojan sauce <laughs> is helping me feel better about my life. No, oh, there you go. I, was, I, I, I have such mixed feelings about that. Like, people um, think I really mean, and it's this, like, persona that I guess I've created for myself, but it's, um, yep. it was never meant to be that way. <laughs> no, it is. You carved and... yourself out that way. <laughs> no, you, you, know, um, you open yourself up I think for criticism. You like to, like, way. nudge people, people on, on the podcasts. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. It's, it's all meant to be, you know... In fun. It isn't fun. Um, I think most I people like see it that way, but it's that. also fun yeah. to to throw it back at you, and call oh, you yeah, sure. <laughs> the yeah. call you the uh, well, the best I can come up with is internet bad boy. That's not even good. That makes boy. you sound kind of romantic in a way. So I'm going to try yeah, to edit that like out, and I'll try to come up with a better in. word and interject it here. Asshole, jerk, bastard, prick. Bot, dickhead, shit, bum, motherfucker, arse, buttocks, imbecile, idiot, ass, butt, fool, moron, prat, rump. Mm-hmm.
son of a bitch, jackass, tool, anus, boob, dog shit, keister. Uh, okay, I'm going to ask you some questions from people online. Online. Let's right. do it. Uh, Nate Chartier, Chartier uh, he says, yes. Tom, hi, how are you? Um, Nate knows full well that I'm not answering his questions. Okay. Um, so this is the internet bad boy coming back out. <laughs> You're drawing a line Nate, in the sand. <laughs> yeah, Nate got added to a DM room I'm in. And, um, I'm sorry he, to hear that. <laughs> yeah, me, yeah. Well, he was in there, and he came in hot and said, "I can't remember what, but something mildly confrontational towards me." In a clear, I, I assume he was joking, but I said, um, "Should I block him?" And I asked the people in the room, and they were like, "I don't know." And he, Nate was there for the conversation, mm-hmm. and then I did a poll and said, "Should I block Nate?" And it came back with a, a resounding yes. You so I did. Um, so I blocked him out of the room. Um, you son of a and bitch. And then I unblocked him again. Um, I unblocked him again straight away, but no one had added him back. So we've, we've, uh, we're at loggerheads currently. No, that's still so. a slap in the face. And um, you knew what was going to happen when you created that poll. You know how the internet works. Oh, yeah. I'm, I mean, There's I'm no chance that you're going to get a majority of people saying, no, <laughs> do the right thing. Do the nice thing. You know that's not going to happen. So you designed yeah. this. You, you set this up I purposely. I knew what was happening. And he asked a, an innocuous question that you refused <laughs> to answer. Um, I'm okay. Um, I, you know, I'm okay with my decisions. Oh, okay. There's the answer. Tom is okay. <laughs> Nate, I hope that satisfies you. Um, and Nate, uh, I'm just teasing you. I really like you. I think you're a great person. A Cyrus American says, okay, this, this is you. You're going to have to respond to this one. Um, okay. sincerely. He says he listened to the episode of my podcast, making friends with Mark McGark. And he says that, uh, Mike claims that he did not unreasonably stand you up. Mm. And what is your reaction to this? Uh, and could you give a little bit of background on this? I can. Um, firstly, my opening... Uh, I would say, like, if I had to give an official statement on it, I would like it to read that Mike Bigby is a swine. Okay? <laughs> just, right off the bat, let's lead with that. Um, what happened is we... there was. Um, do you know Phil Man from Twitter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, Phil was doing some um, improv stand-up in London okay. in January, and a group of people said we were all going to go and watch him stand up and uh, Mike was coming until a few days before when he told me that he couldn't come anymore Um, and I told him that I wasn't accepting that as an answer and that he would be coming and then on the day I messaged him and said I'm on the train are you on your way and he said no I told you I'm not coming and I said I didn't believe you and he was like well I did tell you but I've taken it personally because he was meant to be there. He knew that he had signed up what he'd signed up for. He let me down. We'll forever be enemies, I think. Uh, and then for him to come on to your podcast and come at me and criticise. And have you seen? He's done this. He's done a video of all his vines. Have you seen this? No, he's what, what has he done? All He's taken his vines and he's put them all into a video that he tweeted. Mm-hmm. And if you watch and it this, to the end, he then, 
yeah, at the end, he just comes at me and calls me out, and I don't know what he thinks I've done to him, but me and Mike Bigby are never going to be friends again. Okay, so what I'm hearing is that Mike Bigby has done nothing wrong, yet you continue <laughs> to hold a personal vendetta against him for no reason whatsoever, except that it makes you feel like you're accomplishing something. It makes you feel like the bigger man to hold him at a distance. Tom, this doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> Mark, I feel like you're picking Mike's side here. Um, maybe I if think I it's clear it, I'm not on anyone's <laughs> side. Uh, if I explained it better, okay. Just, just all you need to know is that Mike is a bad, bad guy. That's as much as you need to know. That's where you want to leave it? Yeah, he's a bad, bad guy. You know what? Fuck it. Free bads. Bad, bad, bad guy. Free bads. Okay, uh, make no mistake if you're listening to this podcast. Uh, Tom has just dropped the gauntlet of calling Mike not once, not twice, but thrice. Bad. Three bads. Bad, bad, bad guy. Yes. Uh, and I'm going to hold my position that Mike Bigby has done nothing wrong and it's been nothing but pure pleasure and delight for all of the world. And you just can't handle that, Tom. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, Bex Dora says uh, she kind of wants to know why are you still disputing this? This can only be guilt on your part. Actually, I'm not sure if she's saying that to you or to Mike. Anyway, let's move on. Let's put this behind us. I think that you guys should broker some sort of peace. Um, and I think, that, Tom, I think it's going to fall on your shoulders. Uh, I... I really, I would love for you to reach out to Mike, apologize, um, right. perhaps Here's offer him do. the chance to badmouth you in public in front of everyone, on... and you just take it. And that's how I'm you're going to find tweet peace. to Mike Bigby right now, okay? There we go. I said, "What are you doing, Mike Big B? I love you." Is what I just tweeted. Did you send that? Yeah, I just did it right now. Oh, Tom, you are healing the situation. Tom, yeah, I, oh, yeah. I can't tell you how proud I am of you. Uh, I, okay, your enthusiastic and proud response. I feel like I need to be honest. I didn't say that to him. I told him. I said, "Fuck you, Mike Big B." Oh, fuck off, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. All right, Tommy Tough Stuff. We're, we're moving on. Tommy Tough Ugh. Stuff wants to know, why are you such a total idiot? And he asked me to ask in a mean way. I don't know if I'm you capable of it. the mean way. No, you did it. That was mean enough, I think. Um, Chris is my friend, um, and he um, only thinks I'm an idiot because he is such an idiot, I believe. He... Um, <laughs> I think the trouble with Chris is that he is, uh, I feel like he wants to be me, um, hence the name, he's put Tommy in his name, he wants to be more like me, um, and he can't handle it, I guess, I think, being this close to me as a friend. Um, Tom just burning bridges so, here, again and again. Yep. First he did it with Mike Bigby, now he's doing it with Tommy Tough Stuff. Okay, yeah. we're moving on to the next question. Um, These questions are harsh. <laughs> these, no one's being... This you, is the trouble. This is what I'm talking about. I think this the intention the of I'm these questions is myself. to make you feel remorse for some of the awful <laughs> things that you've done. 
I, okay, here's a, here's a genuine question. This one comes mm -hmm. from at Oh, Sarah, mm -hmm. thank you. You always ask the loveliest questions. She says, Tom, you recently visited the U.S. What was the most fun thing you did on your visit? And what was the most drunk thing you did on your visit? Uh, I would say the most fun thing. Um, I, 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 so in America, I went to Philadelphia, then I went to New York, and then I went to Seattle. And I think probably like, all of the whole time was fun. Um, um, hanging out with people and doing different things. It was great. But I think the most fun I had was in Seattle. Um, I went to the Museum of Pop Culture with um, Cicely, um, her Too Many Toes on Twitter. I love her. Um, I love her so yeah. much. Um, she was one of the first people that I noticed, and I was like, oh, I want to be your friend. <laughs> She's cool. Um, so I went and stayed with her and uh, Keith, her boyfriend, um, with Ghost Crow on Twitter. Um, I stayed with those guys, and while Keith was at work, uh, Cicely and I had a, a fun day out, which was amazing. We had a good time. Um, Did you get we... completely hammered? Oh, no. I mean, I did a lot of the time, but not that day. <laughs> um, I, I think when I, I stayed um, with Will and we drank a fair amount, I guess, while I was there. I'd say the most drunk thing I did was I fell asleep in a bar. Um, I think two nights in a row, actually. Um, <laughs> I was, well, I was like struggling on, with the time zone. On top of your <laughs> stool, you fell asleep? Yeah, just like... Uh, uh, in the first place, on the first night, we were sat in this, at this table, and I felt apparently I fell asleep like on my hand, like. like uh, <laughs> All right, yeah, you get an excuse hands. with the time zones. I think we can forgive yeah, you for that one. I hope so. Um, Sarah also wants to know a follow-up question: What percentage of the time were you drunk while you were in the U.S.? Um, uh, <laughs> were we talking forty percent here? Can we remember, you sleep a pretty large percentage of your um, time anywhere. So let's be honest here. It's true. How much were you drinking? I was. I think I drank a fair amount in Philadelphia. Otherwise, I, it wasn't. I wasn't that drunk most of the time, to be honest. Um, I would say, I'm going to say maybe twenty percent. I think that's not terrible, is it? I think you're lowballing, but okay. Uh, yeah, Kim Monty wants to know why do you have two pairs of sunglasses in the pic that I posted when we were asking for tweet questions? You have two pairs of sunglasses. You're wearing one, and you have one on your shirt. She wants to know, is one for the dog? And follow-up, why does the dog need sunglasses? Um, they're not sunglasses. They are my actual seeing eye spectacles, the ones I'm wearing right now. Um, were hung on my T-shirt because it was sunny, so I switched. So... They're not two sunglasses. They're going to dispel the myth. Um, a lot of people have asked me about it. I don't know why it's such a hot topic, but... Tom, why were the um, lenses dark if they're not sunglasses? I don't think they are dark, Mark. It could be the, the shading. I'm not sure. The shadowing in the picture. But they are these glasses. I only own one pair of sunglasses. So. <laughs> All right, Tom continues to squirm um, around topics. Uh... <laughs> Uh, Benjamin at Upside Down Trash, he wants to know, what are your views on horses and dinosaurs? Horses are arrogant and dinosaurs, yuck, gross. <laughs> I feel the same. Uh, <laughs> Alligator at Not A Croc says, what is your take on spaghetti squash? I, I mean, I can, I don't know what that is, but it sounds <laughs> bad. <laughs> it sounds bad. So my take on it is it's a bad, bad thing. Okay, uh, here's one... It's not as bad as Mike Bigby, let's just put it that way. Oh, 
you just can't forget, can you? Uh, I will never forget. This one, you seem to have someone in your corner. This one is from At The Hype. He says, yes, hi. How did Mr. Sauce get to be so cool on the internet and other things of that nature? Did you pay him for this, Tom? How much did you I pay didn't. him? I didn't. I didn't. Um, I paid him in friendship and attention. Um, <laughs> so he's, that's, he's, that's like the equivalent to millions of real life money, I think. He's going to be right. the one person that comes out and is like, no, his glasses look perfectly clear in that picture. They weren't dark at all. I, you know, he's, if, if someone, I'm glad there's one uh, truth teller out there. There's, <laughs> there's one person who sees the world correctly. Um, it's the hype. Okay. Can you also, Tom, can you take a picture of your dog wearing sunglasses when you get a chance? We'll post that up. Yeah, sure. Why not? I could do that. Um, okay, hold on, I just lost it. Come back, come back, questions, come back, here you are. Okay, um, Cyrus American comes again. He says, what is the one question that Tom wanted or expected but did not have posed to him today? He also Ooh. says, you don't have to answer the question. Just tell us what the question is. I think the one question I expected that um, hasn't been posed to me is... Well, you know what? It's not really a question. I just expected a lot more support on this Mike Bigby issue. Um, I, you know, my, I, I was hoping for a question from Mike where maybe he would address some of the issues. Maybe he'd. Um, did I miss that? Apologize did, did he to me. submit a question? If if he didn't, then that just goes to show how bad the guy is. He says he had an opportunity. All right, this is not a question, but he says, "Listen, motherfuckers." I've told you already. I'm really, really sorry. I think, okay, maybe he does take a little blame for this, Tom. So the thing is, right, Mark, is I will accept that on the day I knew Mike wasn't coming. I did know that. But the blame that lies with Mike is that we were planning this for six weeks or so, and he was coming until two or three days before. And it's a lame, lame move okay so you spent you spent six Mike, weeks they? in your heart of hearts just full of hope and full of excitement and anticipation to see mr mike bigby himself the mm -hmm. greatest man in internet history and uh, with just yeah, no. just a few days left to go um when it was all you could think about and you couldn't sleep you couldn't go to the bathroom you couldn't eat and then he says I'm sorry, I have a legitimate thing that's come up and I can't make it. So yeah. you were crushed. You were crushed. Yeah. And you didn't know how crushed. to react. So the yeah. only thing that so you I could react out. with was violent anger. Yes, I lashed out to Mike Bigby. Um, correctly, I would say. I can understand it. Deservedly so. I don't condone it, but I can understand it. I, I'm glad I've at least got your understanding. <laughs> uh, at <laughs> Maki Romax wants to know who is better at Rocky Momax or at Maki Romax. Did I say that right? Mo Let me try again. Yeah. At Rocky Momax or at Maki Romax. Which one's better? Maki Romax is better than Rocky. Why? Romax. Um, why? Yeah. Because um, I feel like Rocky Momax, Rob, is kind of a ripoff of the Maki Romax brand. Um... 
I think that when there's a lot of subtlety and uh, genuine comedy in Mocky Romax's brand, <laughs> whereas Rocky <laughs> <laughs> Rob is, um, you know, Rob's great. I love Rob, but he's he's not. He's just not as good. He's past man. his prime, he, right? He's he, oh, he. That's this is it. He's um, had a lot of head injuries in his time, <laughs> and as time's gone on, you know, you can see it coming through. He's he's losing it. He's losing the plot. <laughs> uh, to be clear, those words were not coming from my mind. I was only trying to clarify what Tom was thinking. I don't think Rocky Momax is past his prime, but that is clearly what Tom is thinking. I think I just want it to be clear that Mocky Romax is better <laughs> than Rob. That is apparent. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, oh, and here's something from Ash from Cray at Home Law. Uh, mm. And Tom, you had put up some music, I think yesterday, that was really good. I was enjoying it, and you put up a thread of some music, some songs that you were into, mm -hmm. and I was, uh, I was impressed by your taste. I thought it was good, and I enjoyed some of those songs. And Thank I you. guess Ash did too, because she wants to know some song recommendations. She wants to know what's one song that we can dance to, and what's one song that we could cry to. Oh, wow. Um, I think a good song to dance to is... Um, I went last year to see a guy called Adam Green play, who used to be in a band called The Moldy Peaches, and I went to see him play, and there was a support act called Coming Soon, and it was very confusing, because no-one knew <laughs> who this band were. Um, and I was in the crowd, and this band were playing, and they were great. And I went over to someone at the bar and was like who are this band? And they were like, I don't know. And we was looking at the poster and it said, support coming soon. And we were like, don't know who the support act is. And when they left the stage, they was like, we are coming soon. So then, then it twigged. And uh, they have this song called Vermilion Sands, um, which I believe is a book, possibly Vermilion Sands. But um, it is one of the most danceable um, and high energy and fun songs I've, I know. And I love it. I love it. Um, Terrific. So I'll say, yeah. So I'll say that. Um, I'll probably put it on that thread um, at some point, to be honest. Um, and one to cry. Um, I guess the first song that I put on that music thread was called um, "Everybody Does" by Julian Baker, and she is new to me. Um, one trick to Fani from Twitter recommended her, and I checked out her one of her songs, and I was really affected by it and really enjoyed it. Um, and went straight out and bought the album and the album is fantastic, she's an incredible musician and uh, her lyrics are very um, sad um, they have some really sad songs um, but uh, I don't know, half the album's got kind of like a really uplifting message I guess throughout it but it's a, it's a great record and Everybody Does is to me the standout song on, on the record Okay, are you, definitely are you going to add both emotional. of those songs to your thread so we can check them out? Everybody Does is already on the thread, okay. um, the Julian Baker one. It's the first one, but I will add um, Coming Soon on that. I'll do that once we are off the call, I guess. Well, there's no reason why that can't go up next. Okay. So. Um, I was looking, but, I was trying to think, well, I read this question yesterday, and I was trying to think of what is a song that makes me cry, and I couldn't hmm. come up with anything, uh, but I was on the train and I, I had Spotify open. I don't have a premium account. And I was like, what, what is a song that is just so sad that I love? And the, the thing that came to mind was Otis Redding uh, sitting on the dock of the bay. 
And nice. I couldn't, I couldn't, because I don't have a premium account, I couldn't look it up, so I couldn't find that song. But there's something yeah. about that one where it's just sort of about uh, transition and change and anticipation and mm. like going through with something and then having it not turn out to be the way that you want it to be. And it's yeah. just like a sad, relatable song. And then the way that yeah, it absolutely. ends is also just exquisite because it's just, yeah. he's just whistling, he whistles the outro. And it's just sort of like, well, guess we're just dealing with this. I'm just yeah, going to sit in no this and deal with it. There's no resolution to that song. It's that, I, I don't know. I, I really, I'm a huge music fan. This music's really important to me. And uh, I, um, one of the things I, so that, I guess probably like my favourite type of song will be songs that have a really, like, on the face of it, when you first listen, have, like, a really happy melody. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. sounds like a really cheerful, uplifting song. And then when you get closer to it and you listen to the lyrics and yeah. there's, like, depth to it and it can be a sad song. And, um, like, uh, I don't know, like, Young Hearts Run Free or um, songs like that where it's, like, this fun disco song, but it's, like, this really sad, bleak picture that the lyrics are painted um, and you don't necessarily realise. Or... Um, the jam, a town called Malice, is kind of the same. It's like this upbeat, excellent, like poppy indie song, I guess. And then um, yeah, but then when you really dial down and so kind of listen in, you yeah, are you are defeated. It's, it's very bleak, and that's I love that. I love the 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 um, juxtaposition between the two. I think that's great, and I I very much enjoy uh, listening to an album over and over and over and over again until I know it inside out yeah. and uh, that's part of the fun for me is getting to the point where a song that when I first listen to it I hear it in a certain way and then I'll listen to it again and again and again until I understand it mm-hmm. hey. like intimately and I can hear something totally different in it and now when I listen to it again it's like a totally and it, it's almost it like digs listening its to way a brand in. new song there are those, yeah, there are exactly. those songs too that you can listen to and really enjoy and then revisit like 10 years later uh, as yeah. a new person that you are and hear something totally different than what you heard before uh which is still like marvelous and inspiring but it's just you surprise yourself with your different take of the same song yeah absolutely i love that evolution and i love um how i think one of uh, i think a great thing is when you get an album and you um play it through they'll instantly there's a couple of standout tracks on every album and you've got a couple that are your favorites and there's a couple that you don't like so much and over time, the more you listen to those songs that you actually didn't think you liked, the better and better and better they get to you. And <laughs> yeah. you, the one that you didn't think you liked to begin with is suddenly like your favourite track from, from a band. That from happens. And it's, that does happen. It happens a lot. <laughs> it happens a lot. And I love that. I love how there's certain songs that are like, they're radio friendly and they're the lead singles or whatever. But then there's these other album tracks that are just hidden gems and they're they're there and most bands have them there's a couple of them on most records that the more you listen the more they build and become something to you and it's like takes just a little while to discover it properly i guess yeah but it worms its way in it gets to the heart of you exactly um tom is there anything else that you want to talk about before we end our call um i don't know i don't i don't know i think uh i I want to say that um as you're thinking of that uh, I want to say that I was surprised when I put out my podcast and you were one of the first people that reached out to me and told me how much you liked it. And mm. like that, I basically, I fell off my seat when I saw that because that's just not the persona that I see you as having. But it turns out that you're a real sweetheart 
and you were very encouraging. And even on the episodes that I put out that I wasn't necessarily um, uh, loving about myself, like I'll listen back to some of them and I'll be like, oh, the guest is great, but I am just miserable. Um, <laughs> but you, um, you somehow happen, you somehow find something positive to say about all of the ones that I put out. And I just want to tell you, I appreciate that. It means a lot to me. So thank you. No, you you're welcome. You sweetheart, you. <laughs> I think the thing is, um, is like people, when people go through the time and effort to do things like this, um, like you, you put a lot of time clearly into setting it up and dealing with me and other people, I hope being idiots <laughs> and not being able to work out how to start the cut. Um, and you put time and effort into that and, um, there's other guys doing podcasts at the moment. There's uh, the movies podcast that um, Matt and Adam and Kevin and Avery do, and they clearly spend a lot of time on it. And I think like when these people are doing stuff, and really it's for an audience of their friends on Twitter, it's for us um, as a collective, I guess. And I think that when people put a lot of effort into doing something like that, it's important to let them know that... Um, that it's appreciated that I enjoy what you're doing what they're doing um, and I want it to be as good for you as it could be so um, I don't know I, I want to be able to have a positive contribution I guess um, and well, it's it's funny yeah, Tom it's I, funny think, uh, to me. I think oh, uh, we'll disregard everything that you said in this podcast and uh, we'll just kind of we'll, we'll we'll reach the conclusion that you are an all-around good person, <laughs> a little smarmy at times, perhaps, yeah. uh, perhaps a little rigid in your inability to forgive certain people. Might be, <laughs> but deep Might down, deep down, you have a treasure of a heart inside of you, and I want to tell you, I see it, I recognize it, and um, I hope you learn to uh, forgive Mike Bigby. I, th there's only so much growing an individual can do, <laughs> Mark, and I think that's one bridge too far. I um no I like I said earlier it's um I like doing the mean thing with people online. It's fun, you know. There um, you have it, folks. I, there's your pull quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like doing the mean things to people. Yeah, um, but you know I don't. I it's always done a jest, and I hope that people recognise that because I don't. I would hate the idea that anyone would think I'm actually mean or whatever. Um, and I don't know. I think um, I, <laughs> I I like the idea of being um, having the persona and being different to myself online. But it's um, it's yeah. fun now to keep let it people it's see the real you as well. So yeah. Well. Well, Tom, it's been really fun, uh, and I Thank hope you, you have a fantastic three-day weekend. Yeah, um, and uh, that's all I have. Wonderful, thank you. I've enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. All right, um, on the count of three, we're going to say we are friends. One, two, three. We. Oh. We hate Mike Bigby. You were waiting for this. We. <laughs> we we hate Mike Bigby. On three, ready? One. Goodbye, two, Tom. Three. Goodbye. We hate Mike Goodbye, Bigby. Goodbye, Tom. <laughs> Go to hell, Tom. We definitely hate Mike Big B.